Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, welcome to the VPZD show. I'm Dr. Zubin Damania. It's January 12th. We have Dr. Vinay Prasad. What up, VP? It's good to see you. It's always good to be back on the show. My highlight of my week. It, me too. Me, hashtag me too. Um, I got to say this though. You actually hit me in advance so we can let our viewers know what we're going to talk about today. But That's it's right. so cryptic that it hasn't spoiled the surprise for me because I have no idea what you're talking about. So you said we're going to talk about Offit, Paul Offit in the Atlantic. We're going to talk about the schizophrenia of the CDC. That one's hard to decipher. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about generation pandemic, the pandemic generation. And we're going to talk about Omicron how it how Omicron means that policies we have will fall like dominoes. A very dominoes. intriguing domino very. rally, like domino hey. rally, like the videos from thirty years ago. Oh, those you remember are, domino rally? I do, dude. Now we're a, really it was the hottest thing. It was the hottest thing. We're really dating ourselves, man. I also remember Domino's Pizza. Remember the Noid? That was their little spokesperson. I heard that Domino's Pizza a few years ago, they decided we want to clean up our act. We want to serve some pizza that actually tastes good. And now they're actually the best tasting of the crappy brands. They upped so their hear. game. Yeah. To fast yeah. food level pizza. Do you know, I was part of a test market in Fresno, California when I was in high school. They were trialing McPizza. So a McDonald's. Yes. It was $10, which at that time in the 80s was exorbitant. And it tasted yeah. like anus and so that was <laughs> <laughs> well never... did you know when i was growing up in the 80s i was part of book it and book it meant if you pounded those books you got a pizza hut personal pan pizza you remember that? oh i remember book it dude pizza yeah. hut used to have these bread sticks it was like five bucks and you'd get like a family size bread stick and me and my friends in high school would drive there we'd play video games we'd eat bread sticks i mean it was pure mm. carbs and sugar and you know what i'm still alive at 48. The, the atherosclerosis, it didn't, it didn't totally occlude the artery. Listen, it just brother. Par, just partial occlusion. It's, it's not only is it partial occlusion, it's so friable that all it's going to take is a, like one <laughs> wrong move and I'm going to clot my entire <laughs> LAD. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I was a fast reader, so I was crushing Book It. But if you really think about it, that's kind of a messed up reward to reading. It's just <laughs> personal pan pizza after personal pan pizza. Totally. And rewarding speed reading, right? Like, what about comprehension? Right. Like, oh, yeah, I, well, I just read The Lord of the Rings in a day. It's like, well, <laughs> tell me one character that you remember, you know? <laughs> the truth is it probably did instill my love of books was that pizza. That, you know that, what? That sweet, what, sweet treat. It once again tells you incentives matter. Like, what are we doing incentives now? Matter. We're, yeah. we're masking two-year-olds and telling them, you know, uh, oh, school boy. is fun. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk well, about it. Let's do it. All right. Let's First dive up, in. Paul Offit. Paul Offit. My friend, a legend, 
Love the man. What's he saying? Now, I looked at his title. You know, this guy, he literally directs the Center for Vaccine Communication. Is that correct? That is correct. And this guy has invented a vaccine himself, fair to say? Co-invented the uh, rotavirus vaccine. And this guy is a great proponent of childhood vaccination, written books about it, has he not? He has been accosted by anti-vaccine activists in every possible scenario, including on the toilet. On the toilet, really? Believe me, they'll find I guess, you. As, as, as provocative as I've been, no one has ever bothered me when I'm dropping a deuce. As provocative, <laughs> <laughs> thank God, you know? Thank God. Okay. Yep, yep. Except for when I was a resident and had that pager, because you couldn't go through the bathroom without 15 pages. Oh, dude, Easy. once I dropped the pager in the can uh, oh with the deuce inside oh, I'm and had so to make boy. a split No, I don't want to know the end of the story. I don't want to know how you, I don't want to know if the pager survived or not, or if you got a, a, a I hope you got a loner pager is what I want to say. I'm just not going to comment. No comment. Okay? Let's just well, say infection what... control is not a, an enemy I want to make. <laughs> this is what Paul Offit says in The Atlantic, and this is a quote, okay? This is a piece on boosters. This came out, I think, just yesterday, The Atlantic. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, told me that getting boosted would not be worth the risk for the average healthy 17-year-old boy. Offit advised his own son, who is in his 20s, not to get a third dose. Even with Omicron's ability to sidestep some of the protection vaccines provide, Offit said he believed that his son is well protected against serious illness with two shots, so a third just isn't necessary. Wow. What okay. do you think? I love Paul Offit because he mm -hmm. never hesitates to piss off his own tribe by speaking truth as he sees it. And he was doing it early in the pandemic. He's done it throughout. He does. He says some things that I may not fully agree with, like about mandates and things like that. But dude, that is strong words. And I got to say this, like it is accurate. It is accurate based on the best data we have currently. Why would you be boosting kids? And do you know the San Jose City Council or whatever has put a new uh, ordinance in place saying you need to have a booster to use any city facilities. That includes like symphony and sports and all of this. And so what does that mean? It means that if you're that, a sick- they, they think they're smarter than Paul Offit is what it means. That's exactly right. And yeah. I'll tell you this, nobody's smarter than Paul Offit, okay? <laughs> nobody. They, they ain't, they ain't. They, they ain't. Um, you know, it's interesting to me because doesn't it sort of open that Overton window, that window of what we're allowed to talk about when you get a guy like this? And I think the key thing here is that this is the one man that all the crazies online, no one can say he's anti-vax. The man invents vaccines. He's invented a vaccine. He's not anti-vax. He's as pro-vax as it gets. And even Paul Offit is saying that the risk-benefit profile, you really have to wonder when you think about third doses in boys. And what I think that means is we need a broader conversation. Is it just third doses in his, for his son? What ages? Should we question it? And where can we even question second doses as some countries are doing? You know, they're questioning the second dose. And now with Omicron, or as you call it, Omicold, you know, <laughs> Omicold is going to be some people's booster or their second dose. And maybe we should allow that to be the case and not chase after them, making them fulfill paperwork to participate in life. If you had one dose of the shot and you had an Omicold, You've gotten two doses of spike protein antigen, in my opinion. You can go on with your life. We don't need to hold those people hostage. A absolutely. And what's what's really fascinating about this is, look, let's just think about the ramifications of what 
Paul is saying here. He's saying, as somebody who does this, now, now he has gone on record. I listened to his interview on This Week in Virology from a couple weeks ago. He says, listen, these kids get sick in the hospital. He really is a proponent of childhood vaccination for COVID. He thinks that um, it will net save lives, even with the cost of myocarditis. And he's saying, don't boost a kid in a high risk uh, category for myocarditis. Whereas the San Jose people are saying, listen, a six-year-old boy who's eligible, so anybody who's eligible for booster, okay, needs to be boosted in order to participate in a spelling bee in a city facility. Like this is what they're saying when they say mandated boosters. Wow. Yeah. But so, I guess uh, the, the only clarification would be, I guess, uh, my understanding is only 12 and up is eligible for booster at this present moment. Uh, that's true. That's so, true. Okay. But, but, but you're still true. A 12 year old boy, if they want to play spelling bee. And I think according to what I, my eyeball, those are, that's often the winner. By the yeah. way, it's always some Indian 12 year old boy. No, often there's an Indian 12 year, 12 -year old <laughs> Dude, boy or girl who's crushing it. Huh? I listen to this. So I, I made a video uh, parody of the bare naked ladies one week called one Sikh about foreign <laughs> medical graduates Indians and South Asians in particular. And we, we flew to Victoria, Texas, because there was an Indian cardiology family. The wife was a pediatrician, husband's a cardiologist, of course. And yeah. we said, listen, I put a line in there about Indian kids winning the spelling bee like every yeah. year. And they go, yeah. we got the perfect one for you. They instantly produced a multi-winning spelling bee kid who was like eight, who had like 17 medals. And we put, we put him at the end of the video, dude. It is a thing. It is a thing. But, you know, a couple of years ago, the prize went to someone who wasn't Indian, and I forget. But there's oh. that Indian comedian, Hari Kundabolu, and he has this long video. And basically, his video was like, come on, man, we only had that one thing. We only had that ah, one thing. <laughs> that's true. What else do we have, man? I you don't know. know. Not, I mean, we you, don't have least, tennis. We don't have it. I don't know. What do we, we have? Do, we do have institutional. We have cricket. We have cricket. Oh, cricket. That's right. <laughs> but I'll say this. You got tagged on Twitter. This was interesting. By um, a, somebody was saying they had searched in YouTube brown noise. <laughs> brown noise. Yeah. And yeah. recommended video was a Vinay Prasad rant. And I'm like, there's I, no finer example of brown noise. I think that's that's racist. But maybe it was because <laughs> my, my mellifluous voice soothes your tinnitus. You know, it, it, maybe it I'm really like did. a brown noise. Yeah. You know, when I when I'm trying to go to bed, I just listen to your voice. I have to say this though, <laughs> when I, better than like, reading my papers. <laughs> <laughs> when um back to the booster thing. So this is an interesting yeah. thing. So a friend sent me a tweet from somebody who's a psychiatrist in San Francisco. Yeah. And um, you know, she had the the typical Twitter handle with the, you know the usual signaling of what tribe you're in and all that, and that's fine. And she had said, listen, my teenager got a booster shot, came down with myocarditis and was lightly hospitalized, meaning they're in the hospital currently. I mean, it didn't say lightly, but you know the implication there. Oh. And despite all of that, I I'm would- glad they got a booster. I'm I glad they got a booster. Oh. Yeah, I would do it again. And the comment section lit up with a kind of the worst, most horrible people saying terrible things about her parenting and her, you know, her child's gonna die and you know, the usual anti-vax stuff. But the point was interesting, which is, wow, really we gotta think about how important is it to signal to your tribe that you're virtuous by boosting a 15 year old or whatever. And how important is it to, to actually raise the issue of, hey, myocarditis actually can happen in this crowd. And is there a risk benefit we should be talking about? That's not what was raised. It was, I don't, no so, regrets. Yeah. So I guess I would say my condolences are like my heart, my, I, yeah. I feel for this poor kid. 
and I yeah. wish them a speedy recovery. And thank goodness, all I've heard is that it was mild, as they always say. So hopefully this person has a good re- total recovery. Hopefully there's no LGE on MR and there's no long-term scarring or anything like that. This is a perfect recovery I'm hoping for. I wish the best to the parents. That said, I do think there is an element of it's akin to Stockholm Syndrome. You know, when you start to feel good about bad events like that. And I think yeah. um, that one could, re- I don't know the situations, but if we're talking about a healthy boy between the ages of 12 and 24 and they get boosted and have myocarditis, that's the third dose. I think people can legitimately ask if that was a wise decision and yeah. they should ask that. And I think like Paul Offit's telling his own son, I don't think it's a wise decision. I think if the answer is I have no regrets, I think you're not really agonizing enough about the decision. Similarly, in medicine, there's so many times in medicine you make a call, something doesn't go well, and then you have to rake yourself over those coals and you have to ask yourself, a hundred times out of a hundred, if I knowing what I knew at that moment, would I make that same call? And I think boys' myocarditis, I think it's um, it's, it's not so clear. You know, another, yeah, I agree. Another interesting thing. Now, it's really heartbreaking because there, there is this tribal aspect, right? So you have the right. antithesis tribe being activated by this uh, this right. tweet, and then the thesis tribe, which has got the Stockholm syndrome. And it's kind of like, well, how about a actual like synthesis tribe, like an alt-middle synthesis right. tribe that goes, you know what? Yeah, so okay, here's a good example of why we need to have this conversation, right? And and now another interesting thing that Paul said in the This Week in Virology podcast I heard was uh, the, the in order of frequency, what he's seeing in hospitalized kids right now at CHOPE unless I misunderstood him, is influenza, number one, mm-hmm. metanumavirus and RSV, mm-hmm. and then COVID. So our standard respiratory viruses are still causing more havoc in children. Now that doesn't mean, you know, a, a vaccine isn't appropriate for a kid to keep them out of the COVID space and certainly a flu shot, but it is interesting in terms of just statistics that these other viruses are, are back. And it also means that we should not have life revolve around just one virus because there are other viruses that affect kids. And also there are things beyond viruses that affect kids, like their mental health, their sanity, their suicidality, their all sorts of things. Okay, All sorts next, of stuff. Next topic, the schizophrenia. I wanted to talk to you about the schizophrenia because I think there's something going on in the White House that's leading to a schizophrenia. I'm just gonna read you two headlines. Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. I think that's the day we're talking. The highly contagious Omicron variant will, quote, find just about everybody. Fauci says, his Lord and Savior, Anthony Fauci. (laughs) St. Anthony of Fauci says, but vaccinated people will stay better. So Fauci says, CNN, uh, the virus will find everybody, which is what you and I have been saying for quite some time. Yes. I just want to point that out. Our date with Omicron, our date with Delta. Yes. And then the next headline, the next headline is something like, Uh, Of course, I'm not going to be able to find it right when I want it. The next headline, it said something (laughs) like um, White House considers mailing every household a box of N95. Right. And here, let me, I found it. Biden health team weighs new mask distribution plan. Okay. Are they really going to send KN95s or N95s or KF94s or KZDDP, you know, VPZD? VPZD. (gasps) Merch. We should get our merch. Merch. VPZD. 99s (laughs) 99s <laughs> 95s are you kidding me zito Come on. are you kidding Nine- me you walk out there five percent chance you paying a gamble five percent no. no. 99.99 you might as well murder your child i mean that's how incompetent you are <laughs> oh at, at that five percent you know if you're willing to take gambles you're playing russian roulette every day you go out there with the 
KN95. We're going to VPZD99s. Yes. They're, the, they're, the, they're, they're such a good fit. I mean, if they're yep. such a good fit, you can't get them off your face. You know what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They approach the asymptote of asphyxiation without ever reaching it. That's what's, that's our marketing. You know, they, almost they will choke you to death, but will save your life in the bargain. And, and they come with all the bumper stickers that you put on your car to make yourself look like a good person. Oh, absolutely. Like a different, like a fish with little legs on it to so, show that you support both Jesus and evolution. Yeah. And, and yeah. it comes with a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> to show that you're carbon neutral. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's what do you great. think of these two? This is a juxtaposition, right? So on the one hand, one part of the brain is saying the administration, everyone's going to meet this virus and our policy has to plan accordingly. It's not a matter of if it's when. Okay. And then the other part of the brain is saying, let's just wear N95s for the time being. And to me, there's a tension there because if you really accept the premise that the best thing you can do is lower your risk when you meet the virus, lose weight, get vaccinated, improve your medical problems, then the answer is, what's the point of taking very draconian, painful, restrictive measures to delay the time, you're still going to get it because every day I look on Twitter, there's thread after thread of people saying, I did all the right things. My wife and I wear the mask. We sleep in separate rooms. We don't even meet. You know, there's, we get the mail. We put it in the ante room. We wait four days before we open it. And I still got, you know, I still got COVID. I still, there's all these stories like that. So what is the point? You're not going to avoid it forever. That's what Fauci's saying. Uh, so I think the administration has a schizophrenia. Who is running it? Is it the zero COVID? What do you call them? The the, the, the thesis COVIDians? zealots? Yes. COVIDians. Yes. Or is it the, and, and this is not COVIDian anymore. This is actually, I think, this is Mother Nature tells us in We Can Only Respond, which is this is going to spread. So what are your thoughts? It's a little bit of a schizophrenia in the administration. Yeah, I agree. And and what and you throw the CDC in there and it's even more, it's just, it's look, so you got CDC, you got you know, NIAD and NIH, and you've got, say, the Surgeon General's office, and then you've got Biden's executive office, and sometimes they are not aligned. And anybody who knows how government works uh, or has worked or contacted people in government will know that this is, they often are at odds. They'll leak on each other. They will um, have different ideas of how to do things. And then what it presents to the public is a total shit show where you, you, you really can't make sense. Like, what is the quarantine? I have people messaging me. Oh, I'm 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 Omicron. I'm at home. I have fevers. What, when do I test? When can I go? What do what, I can't get a test? And so the administration's got to figure out. Okay, which, what should we do now? Because we know we want to give people a sense of control and an out, but at the same time we want to show that we're helping vulnerable people. So maybe we should offer KN95s and N95s to people so that they can make that choice. But then, we, but Fauci's saying, well, everyone's going to get it, so you better just get vaccinated and get yourself, you know, ready for it. And it just becomes chaos. Now, th mm -hmm. this is something you would have accused, say, Trump administration of, right? Oh yeah, you call it. If Trump did, it would be total chaos. And how total dare chaos. you? A totally disorganized pandemic non-response from uh, Trump administration, but it happens in every administration. And you know what? I used to be one of those guys who was like, yeah, I don't know what this deep state is. I don't quite understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But the more I kind of understand with government, talk to people who work there, I get the sense that big, 
bureaucratic organizations like the CDC are super insular. They do not like to share either information or decision-making with other branches of government if they don't have to. And even people who run, say, CDC may be manipulated by career bureaucrats who've been running CDC forever. And so messages get misaligned. There isn't proper socializing of communications that are had. And then you end up with this. And then everybody's leaking to the press in the meantime. Mm. And th this is common in a lot of administrations. It's not just this one. Um, so th I think that may explain some of the CDC schizophrenia. Um, and again, I think I think the intent is good. So like, I don't think we can brand them with ill intent, but I think it is. It's like, and this is where, this is where it really becomes, uh, the antithesis sort of uh, tribe really says there is this conspiracy, right? To control this and that. And the truth is people can't tie their shoelaces in government. Correct. They, so I would be really surprised if they could pull off a high level conspiracy. It's the um, old saying, never attribute to malice that which is attributable to incompetence. Yes. Never look for malice when it's just plain incompetence. It's just um, straight up bureaucracy. Exactly. Um, you know, there, there's a thing that, yeah. oh, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go on, go on. There, there, there's, there's a piece of this that you alluded to a little bit, which is this, and somebody wrote about this recently, I'm forgetting her name, Mary something. This whole uh, thesis antithesis thing has taken on the flair of religion in a way that it's almost like we're trying to fill this God-shaped hole in the universe with this. So let's look at it. On the thesis side, you have the baptism of vaccination and boosting. Oh, yes. Which if you're not- Hail booster, hail booster, <laughs> hail booster. <laughs> exactly. You, you just go backwards into the- into the pool and get baptized. And if you don't, you can't be buried in the same cemetery no, you, you as get, those who are baptized. As you go backwards, the needle enters your deltoid and you get boosted <laughs> and you come forward and you have a newly placed N95. <laughs> that's it. So it's the yeah. sacraments okay. of yes. boosting. Now, that's the, so, yeah. so that's the thesis side. That's it's one like, religion, yeah. Thou shalt. And by the way, so how do we talk in religious terms? The infidels, the outsiders, the non-believers are unclean. They're going yeah. to poison the tribe. So the unvaccinated are not welcome. You need to show me your papers. You need to do this, that, the other thing. So that's the thesis. And you're side. not allowed to get health care, and maybe you should pay higher premiums and yes. maybe we should make life a little uncomfortable for you. Yes. Maybe we yeah. should fire you if you're a healthcare worker and you've been yeah. naturally infected and you refuse to get vaccinated. And then and then in oh, the same until we need you, like right now. Sorry about that. Oh, we kind of right. need you right sorry. now. Sorry. Right. Yeah. But we're not gonna sorry. take oh, you yeah. back. But what we oh, will yeah. do is something that makes a lot of sense, speaking of schizophrenia. What we'll do is yeah. we'll say it's okay for you to come back to work with an N95 if you're positive for COVID. So no, that's but as long as you don't test. But as if long as you, you don't test, test, if you oh yeah, dude, dude. It, so I, this, it's so I, you know I I don't I mean it's I'm sympathetic. Yes, I'm, but it's crazy. I don't know what it is. It's so crazy. It's hard to keep track of. It's discordant. You're re requiring vaccinations of people who have some degree of natural immunity, but then you're saying, okay, forget that. We, we want to keep our patients safe. So come back in when you're COVID positive and it's okay. Just wear a mask. That's what they're saying now, but out of necessity. Yes. So why didn't they see this coming and not put in draconian mandates for healthcare workers that just end up causing more staffing and more problems? But um, back to the religion piece. So Back to religion. And what about the other side? What is the their, other what side? Is their, so, yeah, yeah. So the other side, 
Suicide has a kind of end times revelation tone to it, to use Christian sort of metaphor. So they're saying, listen, guys, if we could just show the devil's work here, Fauci and these guys are conspiring, and that's why the pandemic's continuing. And if we could just expose that, the pandemic will be over and we shall be, we the chosen who have not been vaccinated will be raptured into the rapture and everyone else will die of cancer. And, And the holy sacraments are hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and the yeah. sages and priests of that. So I have a point there, and this is what I see as the absurdity on that side, that far uh, covid side is this, which is they want two things to be true, okay? Number one, for most people, COVID is no big deal. It's 99.9% survival rate, which is, you know, that is the IFR, right? So they're not far, but they want COVID to be no big deal, right? And like, you're a healthy person. If you get it, it should be no big deal on average. You know, you're going to do just fine. At the same time, now their premise is it's no big deal. 99.99% of people are going to get well anyway. At the same time, it's such a big deal. You've got a pound, a fistful <laughs> of vitamins and minerals and, and ivermectin and this, that. And it's not just one. They want you to take many, many of these things, especially early. They say early treatment is necessary and you have to do it early. But how? But if it's 99.99, why do I got to take anything at all? Just take some orange juice and some bed rest. If, you know, so what, there's a little bit of something there where it's like, you know, how can it both be, if you're well and healthy, you're going to do just fine, but it's also imperative you take this big bag of, of pills, stat. Um, it, I think there's a problem. That's and, and really- the truth is, yeah, right? No, like no, no. I, I mean, it's really interesting because what it what it highlights is actually the cognitive dissonance inherent in any religious view, because yes. it's it's a view, it's a belief structure that is not fully based on evidence. So as long as you believe it, you're good to go. As long as the ten of the key tenets, then you can ignore these sort of cognitively dissonant things. Like for example, you know, this guy Malone on Rogan's podcast said, you know, it's been shown, great data, been shown that five hundred thousand lives could have been saved if we had given hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, early treatment. It's just beyond a shadow of a doubt. And Rogan's like nodding and you're like, okay, wait, so sorry, what? First of all, what? yeah, you know, again, this is like the dissonance of like, well, it's not a severe disease, but we could have saved 500,000 lives if we had given these cocktails. So again, and the thesis tribe there, also equally uh, divergently insane saying, oh, come on in and work in the hospital when you're COVID positive, but not if you're not vaccinated, you can't come work no matter, even if you're negative. It's, it, it just makes no sense. I guess for me, it's like easier to see the absurdity of the thesis side because the thesis side is the ones running the show. That's you know? right. They're That's like right. staffing universities and they like run the mainstream networks. And so for yes. me, I'm, I see that the the free, the the COVID side, I think, is is further. But I do think there's a tension, which is that, you know, they're actively advising 20 year olds who get COVID to take all these pills, most of which don't have randomized data supporting their use in that space. Which to me is a paradox because if you're telling this 20 year old the true answer, which is if you're 20 and healthy, you're probably going to do just fine. You're fine. You know, you're probably, you, you know, the odds are in your favor. Then why do you need to take a fistful of pills? You know, I mean, that's really a question. I don't this know. is the thing. Like, you have a lot of young people coming in asking for monoclonal antibodies. And it's like, okay. Mm. And, and, you know, this is a, this is a uh, antithesis tribe sort of trope that monoclonals are being suppressed. This is a good therapy and they're being suppressed. And it's like, well, not really. It's actually advocated. It's part of policy recommendations to give monoclonals. Whether they're actually given depends on the logistics and so on and how sick you are. Because again, for a disease that 99.9% of the time you're going to be okay, right. are you going to give a 20-year-old an infusion of monoclonal antibodies? Which, by the way, 
So from a sanctity versus degradation moral palette standpoint, each religion has its sort of thing, right? I'm willing to take a vaccine, but I'm not willing to take, you know, ivermectin or something like that. On the other side, I'm willing to take, you know, monoclonal antibody infusion and an infusion of IV, whatever, nougat, but I'm not willing to take a microgram dose of, you know, mRNA. So there, there, again, each stakes its belief, has its tribal thing, and never shall the twain connect. Immune shall only enter the vein and not doth enter the muscle. <laughs> not doth enter the muscle. Yay, yes. okay. verily, yay. Next, next topic. Um, there's a feature in nature. It's called the pandemic generation. It says this child development researchers are investigating whether the pandemic is shaping early brain development and behavior. And it's by my friend, actually, Melinda Wenner-Moyer, who is actually a terrific journalist. Um, and the article is about, I think, a hitherto taboo topic, which is that a lot of what's been going on these last two years may hurt this generation of kids, particularly infants who were born in the thick of this. And it's not going to hurt everyone, of course, um, if your parents are wealthy and they stayed home and you had a lot of stimulation at home, I think you're going to do fine, but it's going to hurt, I think, poor, disadvantaged kids um, and and their families. But the point I wanted to make here, and I made it in a little Twitter thread, is that we have to, let's, let's be clear, if it is someday shown, and it has not yet been, but if it is someday shown that this generation of kids has had difficulties in speech, language, cognitive processes, anything, if there is some deficiency that we find, let us be clear. It is not caused by the virus. It was caused by what we did. And here are the things we did, Z. One, we made daycare workers in the United States, when they took care of babies in daycare, they had to wear the cloth mask all day, every day. You know, the baby never saw their face. The United Kingdom did not do that. They did not mask the caretakers of babies in daycares. And I asked a pediatrician in the UK, and he said, that's because we're not crazy. So that's what he told me. He, literally, he told me, he told yeah. me that. And this is a professor. Okay, number two. The WHO said, don't mask those kids under six, but our American Pediatrics Association, American Academy of Pediatrics, and CDC said, go down to two. And so we have daycares making it down to two. That's something we did. We chose to do that. SARS-CoV-2 didn't make us do that, and they didn't do that across the pond. Number three, they talked about kids didn't have many play dates. That's us. We could have, nobody stopped people from having playdates. It was only dependent on your sphincter tone. Number four, we literally <laughs> closed playgrounds. We closed those playgrounds. Number five, the risk to kids today, John Arnold tweets, causes of death by age 2020. If you're less than one, homicide, 246. COVID, 35. Mm-hmm. Causes of death, if you're one to four, homicide, 312. COVID, 19. This is 2020. Causes of death, tw- you know, homicide, 5 to 14, 454. COVID, 49. Causes of death, 15 to 24. Homicide, 6,400. COVID, 501. Homicide is crushing COVID as a cause of death. And we have never reacted this way to homicide as we react to COVID. It is an absolutely disproportionate reaction for this one thing that is not the greatest threat they face. Six school closure, that was a fiasco. We've talked about that so many times. Seven, you, you pushed the vaccine so hard on these kids that you got Paul Offit defecting. You lost Offit. When you lose Offit, you lost it. How can you lose the man? You lost Offit. You're so crazy. You lost Paul, the guy makes vaccines for Christ's sakes. You know, I'm just like, what are you doing? Number 10, there's this guy, um, Professor Allen, he's at uh, Harvard, and he is a pro mask guy. I mean, this guy is a pro mask 
He's as pro-mask as they come. He tweeted two days ago, his nine-year-old daughter, it was a very cold day in, in you know, the Northeast. And when it's really cold, it was like nine degrees. They don't go outside at all. And she said, oh boy, dad, it's really tough because if you don't go outside at all, there's no mask break. So we got to wear this thing all day. And she mm. says, I'd rather freeze than not have a mask break. Break. That's what she told her father. Wow. And he tweets that to say, like, let's not pretend that this is nothing. It, it is not fun, you know? And guess what? The pro-mask brigade came after this guy for blood. And a lot of people said this. This was the most, I have to say this. This is the most fucked up thing they said. Z, they said this to him. They said, the Boston school district is closed. What are you saying? Insinuating that this dude is lying. But guess what? He says, my kids go to school in the suburbs. By the way, stop looking up my address. You you know what I mean? I'm like, exactly. Who are these monsters? They're checking up on like where the dude lives. I was like, my God, he's a professor at Harvard. He's not lying that his nine-year-old said this. Um, You know, but look where we are. 11. Sorry, last thing. Omicron was milder, but, you know, we are, you know, testing the heck out of kids and it makes no sense. So my point is that if there's damage, you I do not want to see you blame that virus. That's not what did it. It was you. You did it. You did it. And they didn't do it in Europe. Shit. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> list, man. Dude, there's so much to say there, but I think you said most of it. I, I got to say this, though. So this I, this idea that okay this guy violates the orthodoxy of his tribe by yes. talking about masks in a less than um, perfect way, and the tribe revolts and tries yes. to harm him. It, you know you see this on both sides. So you know again you see the same awful behavior. Uh, the you know the woman whose kid had myocarditis. Sure she's out there virtue signaling about the kid, but the way they the way that thread went down, ta- just you know accusing her of just the worst kind of crimes against the child. It's like, no, she's actually doing what has been recommended by authorities. So it's kind of like, you know, people just behave in a way that they feel this person is pure evil. And I see very smart people doing this. I see people who really lose their minds. They don't realize there's a human being on the other end of that, right? Yeah. And it just, it, it, it inhibits our ability to have reasonable conversations. Now, again, Twitter's not the real world. In the real world, you'd have a face-to-face and people would be polite and and more courteous. But I don't know, man, but you're right. We. And, <sighs> You almost wish there were an accountability board like post-apartheid in South Africa where it was like, oh, nobody wow. nobody gets fucked up. Like nobody ends up, you know, it's not a retribution thing, but it's like, a, a here, let's get, let's air the air the thing here. Okay. You, that, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah go that ahead. That mother, I mean, I think the mistake people make is that mother shouldn't be demonized for that tweet. That mother should get your sympathy that she yeah. has so bought into that tribal identity that even when the adverse event falls right on her own child and the question of the decision was entirely uncertain and Paul Offit, the man, the most pro-vax guy saying he wouldn't have done it, even then she cannot see that there's some reason to wonder. You know, recently I went skiing and I had a choice between two sets of boots, the really tight ones and the not tight ones. I picked the really tight ones and I ended up with a blister. And if I think back and I think to myself, did I make the wrong choice? The answer is yes, I did. I I made the wrong choice. I can admit it. I should have picked that bigger boots. And that's what this person should be thinking. They should say, yeah. 
Yeah, was the wrong I, choice. That, no. That's it. And and the thing is, again, I'm not a believer in much of free will, so she made the only choice she could have made, and so it's oh, more like, point. hey, guys, let me just signal to you that this is not a, an action without consequences, and uh, I'm just going to put that out there. She can even say, look, I would do it again because I, I believed what I believed when I did it, but here's what you should know. And, and, uh, and that's fine. I, but dude, it's, it's really, we've gotten to a crazy point. We don't understand risk. The thing about homicides and kids, come on, come on. Yeah. You know, we don't shut down all of society for homicides. We don't close schools for homicides. Although we have a lot of, you know, active shooter drills and things like that. And your chances of dying in a mass shooting is actually rather low, although it makes a lot of news and it's tragic and it's terrible. Um, but we just, we just don't get risk very well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, it's it's spot on. And I also say one last thing to put a little salt. Two things. One, a quote. Uh, this is by Charles McKay. Men, it has been well said, think in herds. It will be seen that they go mad in herds and they only recover their senses slowly and one by one. Oh. Which I think is true. Yeah, for where oh, we are. Oh, that's a and great. And then another tweet. Yeah. Yeah, you like, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah. So, huh? so this is interesting. How do you undo a collective instantiated hive mind's conditioning? Yes. This yes. is a very good question because listen, I have been, we're both you and I can get captured by these things. All of us can. And the first step is to actually realize you're, you're captured when you start to feel that dissonance and go, wait, wait, what? And like, or, you know, there have been you know, pre-pandemic, intra-pandemic, I've been captured by certain ideas in a tribal way and I've had to be disabused of them. And the only way that happens is by people challenging me in a, in a, respectful way and then me challenging myself but it does not happen at a tribal level the whole tribe doesn't suddenly wake up now what we do see is the tribe will re-justify like what's going to happen we're going to talk about omicron um the tribe will suddenly go well wait okay all right well now you know everybody's getting infected with omicron so we can reevaluate how we're talking about the cleanliness and and the stay home and all of that um so i, I do think there's we have to wake up individually, but it, it requires actual discourse, that sort of corpus callosum between the different ideas. I think you're spot on. And you always have to ask yourself, why do you think what you think? You know, I think it's important. Yeah. Am, I, am I getting captured? Am I getting captured by the, the sweet, sweet tones of Z-Dog? Or do I actually believe it? Or do I actually believe it? Do I actually believe it? That's why I always, after I listen, after the show, I always fact check you, Z. I always spend an hour you know, or two. No. <laughs> I, I had a sense you were doing that. No, but you know what is interesting? I'm sure you get these emails because I get them. It's like, hey, thank you for what you do. You make me feel like I'm not crazy. And immediately mm -hmm. I'm on edge. I'm like, wait a minute. What did I say that made you feel like you're not crazy? And what was the right. thing that you felt was crazy? And then you start to realize, oh, it's an alt-middle approach. It's like what we're saying. It's like, oh, no, I don't think that masking two-year-olds makes a lot of sense uh, and then you say something like that and they go, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not the only person who feels this way, right? So there is that kind of capture too, which is a validation from someone that maybe you respect or whatever. So you do have to you say, why do I believe what I believe? Like I, when, I often yeah. get that at the hospital where I get someone sneak up to me and they're like, you know, 
I have to tell you, uh, I agree with everything you say, and it's just basic common sense, really. But I'm scared to put yeah. my name out there. I often yeah. hear that. Um, okay, I get that a lot. Okay, next topic. American Academy of Pediatrics, August 12th. This was their tweet. Quote, Babies and young children study faces, so you may worry that having mass caregivers would harm children's language development. There are no studies to support this concern. Young children will use other clues like gestures and tone of voice. AAP, and they have a little a little picture that says real talk. I think, and I, <laughs> I had to point that, that re-up that because that's not going to age well, AAP. I promise you it's not going to age well. Five years from now, people are going to hold that up, and they are not going to be happy with you. That in a moment where people legitimately asked... Is it good for my baby to like be left in daycare all day for two years for 10 hours a day and never see anyone's face? And their response was, uh, no biggie. I haven't seen, eh, I never saw any follow-ups. No biggie, no biggie. And you know, I also thought about, and I was talking with my friend who has um, got a lot of, spent a lot of time in the Middle East and, uh, and, and Asia about like different cultures and in which people do actually wear facial coverings. Right. And he was telling me that even in the most strict cultures that he's aware of, and this person grew up in Middle East until they were almost 30, this person was saying even in the most strict cultures, um, when women are alone together or when kids are alone with women, they do not have these policies in place. And he was like, off. nothing. He's like, yeah. He's like, there's no precedent. He's like, I'm not aware of anything that would actually inform what we're doing. It's never been done. Um, even in places where that is in part the culture. You know, uh, there was this study recently, right? I don't know if you saw it, where they were looking at six-month-old kids and seeing their cognitive development, uh, comparing it to pre-COVID yes, cognitive right. development. Yeah, now it, it seemed what, a little yeah. soft and biased, yes, but right. that was the problem. But it did show declines in certain measures. But again, I, I hesitate without having looked at the primary data on that. And, you know, I also, ha I mean, I'm sure that a lot of these studies are using endpoints and sample size that is question mark, question mark. So I don't want to hang my hat on it yet. Right. But I just want to point out that, you know, if you did a, the, the reason there's no large population data that shows a harm from doing this for two years is that no one ever did it in human no history. No one did the study. Kind of, no one's yeah. ever done it. Yeah. No one's ever done such a thing. Yeah. Okay. The next topic, the dominoes. Um, you know, I really got interested in this dominoes thing, which is that. The idea that, like, premise number one, vaccine effectiveness. And here I want to be really clear. All of the data I've seen to date suggests that one dose, two doses of vaccine protects you against severe outcomes. And just today, I think, in New England Journal, they're going to show, again, that kind of data. And that's important to know, which is that your risk of hospitalization, your risk of intensive care are lowered by having been vaccinated than not vaccinated. So that's the personal health benefit to you from getting vaccinated. But in the age of Omicron, the third question is, do you have a reduction in symptomatic disease? And now there are at least three preprints, preprints I'm aware of, a study out of um, Kaiser Permanente, Southern California, Denmark, and a study out of Canada. And collectively, and in my Substack, I kind of go through this data, but they all show something concerning. One, two doses, Pfizer or Moderna, taken a while back, has vaccine effectiveness borderlining zero, zero. Like your chances of getting an infection, runny nose and testing positive are like the same as if you didn't get the vaccine. Now, of course, you're still getting that benefit on the severe outcome. So let's let's keep right, that there. Right, right, absolutely. But the transmissibility as far as we're seeing is not even touched. 
and then the booster. The booster has something, 30, 40% vaccine effectiveness. But even in this data set, it's fading. And as you get further from your booster, it's fading and regressing towards the null. And so the idea is, the reality, we have vaccine escape. I mean, I hate to say it, this, this virus, Omicron, has escaped the vaccine's ability to keep you from having a mild infection. Now, it hasn't escaped the ability to keep you from getting severely ill. That's the good news. But it's kept you from getting the, the mild infection. So that has, and it spreads like wildfire. So the two things together mean several policy conclusions. Number one, the mandates. One of the justifications for mandate is that we're mandating because you, Z-Dog, when you get vaccinated, it's going to help Granny over here. It's going to help Timmy over here. It's going to help Susie over here. It has a benefit to other people. That precondition is, I believe, gone because now you're no longer showing it's, it, is un, it is implausible that it's going to do much to pandemic dynamics. You're going to be repeatedly exposed. You're going to get it and spread it. So I can no longer compel you by fiat to get vaccinated to help Timmy because I no longer believe it'll help Timmy. Timmy's going to get exposed anyway, whether I twist your arm or not. I think that's important. Okay, this is this is key on many levels. The first thing I want to do is back up on the idea yes. of why this vaccine no longer prevents infection in a lot of people. And it's really quite simple. I'm going to quote the late, great Paul Offit. He's not dead. Um, but it just sounds more magnanimous when you say but that. But after that quote, they're going to come for him. The tribe <laughs> gonna is going to come for him. <laughs> I know. He's not, you know, yeah. he always thought like an anti-vaxxer would get him. It's not. It's going to be like one of the, you know. It'll be the most ardent vaxxer. It'll be whoever says, you know, has their name like John Wear a damn mask, Smith on Twitter. They'll be the ones who'll be coming and, after. And him. they'll get him by giving seven boosters all at once. They'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get instant myocarditis, even in his age bracket. It's like seven I'm boosters. Elizabeth, no. I'm coming home. Seven <laughs> boosters. Um, so, oh, by the way, we got it. We should touch on the WHO's statement about overboosting, yes, which I thought was yes, really interesting. Yes. But so, yes. okay, so so this thing, what Paul says, and I think it's really important with this particular virus, he says, this is a mucosal virus. He was talking about older variants that replicate in the mucosa and they don't have viremia. They don't have spread into the blood as part of their made, uh, of the part of their disease pathogenesis, which is why mm, you can vaccinate. IGA, uh, yeah, it's more mucosal immunity to prevent infection, but severe disease, you prevent that viremia. Mm, that's what does it. So antibodies really work well in the blood, at least the kind that are generated by vaccine and to a degree natural immunity. I think natural immunity might have some more mucosal benefit um, because it was replicating in the mucosa, um, similar to flu mist, which is a live flu vaccine that replicates in the nasal mucosa. But that, that being said, that's why when you get Omicron, which replicates what, 70X faster in upper airways, you're gonna overwhelm any mucosal defenses and you still aren't gonna get severely ill because you have that, um, because first of all, the virus itself probably has less predilection to make you that sick and go deeper into lung. But the second thing is if you're vaccinated, you have that antibody immunity that can be spun up and prevent the that's, severe disease. That's a nice, nice explanation, yeah. So that being said, that's why, because I think a lot of people in the sort of antithesis camp will say, well, then what's even the point? Well, no, you are preventing severe disease and this is why it works. And this is why it was initially probably oversold as preventing infection because those earlier strains didn't replicate as quick in the upper airways. So like alpha Maybe or Maybe a better, now a better um, uh, metaphor is that um, now the vaccines are working like the airbag in the car. Doesn't prevent you from getting into the accident, but it prevents you from going through the dash. That's a great that's a great analogy, and it has no community benefit to having Correct. an airbag. Yeah, right? that's the other thing. So can I compel you to get an airbag on your old car retrofitted? 
That's right. That's right. Now, so here's now here's where I think you can nuance this argument, and I still don't believe it. But let's nuance it. So, okay, the severe disease protection is what will prevent ICUs from filling up with severe disease to a degree. If we had 100% vaccine penetrance, it would have that community benefit of doing that. But the question is, what is the value of that benefit in hospitals and in elective cases that aren't done, and so on, and emergency cases that aren't done, versus the societal cost of creating an underclass of unvaccinated often minorities, right. often you know right. hesitant, the social disruption and the authoritarian creep that happens when you're getting people's information in that way. So and 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 one more point there, which is that what you're saying is that the policy prevents the hospital from getting overrun in the ICU. There's another thing that would do that, a different policy, which is you're no longer allowed to choose what you're going to eat. Every morning we're going to drop off a sack of rice and some fish and some green beans. And you can only poach it. The Okinawa diet. That. Yep. The Okinawa diet. Yeah. Okay. You're going to lose weight. There's no food. We're going to take away all the other Twinkies and everything. It's all gone. You're going to lose weight. Your blood pressure is going to fall. And you're not going to clog up the medical system. You're not. You're going to be like Okinawa. You know what? First of all, as someone who tasted McPizza, you can go die in a hole somewhere, Vinay Prasad. <laughs> <laughs> McPizza and book it, you'll just get an extra serving of rice. Exactly. <laughs> For reading Lord of the Rings in a day. Um, yeah. yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. It's a question of, uh, of, of of lifestyle choices and diseases, which often, by the way, are not choices. These are uh, conditioned, genetic, economic ch- things that mold our behavior. Behavior is not uh, strictly free will, uh, d- right. despite what many would like to think and we intuitively right. feel, it really isn't. Right. So po- policy should reflect that in a way that, yeah, you okay, look, like things like a sugar tax. Like, what do you think about a sugar tax? I'm curious. Yeah, you know, I guess I, um, I it, it's such a long discussion, yeah. but I think that um, I'm not opposed and here's why, because I think we underestimate the way in which we've had the opposite of a sugar tax. Yeah, which sugar is, subsidy. We have incent- yeah, we've incentivized these people to produce this garbage for a long time, the agricultural incentives. And so what I would say is that at a minimum, why don't we just have a neutral system where we incentivize them to just do food, but instead of incentivize them to do garbage? Yeah, I but think But I got that's... a few more things to run through to you with you. Yeah, please, please, give me, give me, give me. Okay, the next point I have is, if you accept the premise, we're all going to meet this virus, which St. Anthony of Fauci has said. St. Anthony of Fauci has announced, so this is true, it's the Lord's word. Um, The next point, wearing an N95 is pointless. Let's start with kids, and then we'll go to adults. We know cloth masks don't work, there's randomized data. And whether or not they work in kids, I think is doubtful, because they don't work in adults, so what are the chances they're gonna work in kids? N95s in kids has no data. I mean, we just don't know. Is it even an N95? Because that means it filters 95% of the particles, and I don't know because I've never seen a study of what happens when you slap it on a kid. However, either option A, it doesn't work because kids will have a gap at the nose. They won't wear it right. um, They'll cheat. They'll scratch their face. They'll pull it aside. So either it doesn't work, in which case if it doesn't work, it will not even slow the spread of the variant. It should not be done. Option B, it does work. It does slow the spread of the variant. Then I would say option B, we live in a country where every child five and up can get vaccinated if they so choose. So option B is it will delay the time till you meet Omicron, but at great inconvenience and headache, what's the point? And then for adults where there are some adults out there who will wear it right, 
It may delay the time till you meet the virus, but what's the point? You're not going to meet it in this quarter. You'll meet it next quarter or the quarter after that. You will meet it eventually. And there are even some theoretical reasons why, you know, you get boosted or you get your last shot. And before your antibody titer is in the toilet, you meet it and you get the durable immunity without getting very, very sick. That's when I want to meet it. I want to meet it as my antibodies are sliding out. Gentle, a gentle, like, like easing into a bathtub, not cannonballing into a pool. That's right. I want light intubation. I don't want like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want a laryngeal mask airway. That's a what I want. A laryngeal mask? Yeah. yeah. With, with peep. So I want them to and put hu- the- humidify that, Z. Oh, humidify absolutely. that. Absolutely. Put some mucomist in to break up the secretions. You know, this is this is how I like to roll with my Omicron. I like Omicron with a side of laryngeal mask airway, a little bit of extra peep and some humidification on the side. But, please. you know, you're, you're you jump to the um, intubation metaphors. But I just checked Omicron in a Kaiser Permanente analysis has in, has led to zero intubations in this whole state. Yes. And there was just it's a piece in cold. Yeah. There was just a piece in SF gate talking about exactly this, that we have had not the severe disease. Now, this is game changing, as you say, policy changing masks make mandated masks make no fucking sense anymore. I'm going to say this yeah, loudly. Correct. Mandating right, vaccines only make sense if you believe the argument that we just kind of sort of don't believe, which is, oh, well, then you treat it like obesity and you force people into skinniness to save the hospitals. Okay, doesn't doesn't make sense. They're not preventing a lot of spread of disease, maybe a little bit just by preventing some infections, correct. but it's, it's not yes, much. But and, and I do think like the argument is they prevent a little bit, but that is quickly overwhelmed by repeat exposure. Yes. So when you start getting vaccine efficacy in the 20s, 30s, yeah. and yeah. then you start saying you're going to meet it seven times in the next three months, yeah. you know, it's going to it's going to overwhelm. OK, the next point I persuade, you know, we're on the same page on two. Third, testing asymptomatic people and students no longer makes sense. Policies that disrupt the lives of kids to, quote unquote, halt the spread. You cannot halt it. You can't, they're futile and they need to minimize the overall harms to kids. Harms are greater when you keep, by the way, I just saw this guy, um, professor in Pittsburgh tweets that 30% of the pooled saliva in his kid's school, you know, they're all spitting in the same trough and it's then all positive. They test it. All positive. So, yeah, it's positive. And yeah. he's like, now the school is all disrupted. He's like, every single kid feels fine. Everyone feels fine. And we're all spitting in this, spitting in this pot and it's filthy. So I'm going to I'm going to say a couple things here. In the time that we've been talking, I got two texts from my child's school. There are these alerts that say someone has tested a pooled thing is tested positive. It's like, yeah, duh. So it turns out we can actually opt our kids out of the pooled testing. My kids are the only kids in their classes who have opted out of pooled testing because we live in the Bay Area and people are clinically insane because if they're asymptomatic everybody's getting omicron the positivity rate is ridiculous i think i told you last week like the the screening pre-op positivity for asymptomatic people is 10 percent at a major institution here 10 wow and those are people trying to stay healthy before yes. they or yes they're told don't get covid before or we're going to cancel your surgery 10 percent of them are positive omicron is a game changer in this way it's not good for hospitals because it's going to overwhelm them a lot of people are going to er's when they actually maybe don't need to um mm-hmm. and and then we have a lot of people out because of listen to this stanford is still doing asymptomatic screening of all their doctors every week Jesus. And so somebody- all, all that tells me is they got a big endowment. Yeah. Because they can afford that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We, we Bro- know this Brooklyn already. Brooklyn Hospital's not doing it. 
Nope. But you know what? Stan- you know how Stanford makes their money? Fucking parking. Because I, I did a rant on this video where, you know, there's gym, the gym membership is free for Stanford faculty and certain employ- and employees, except you have to pay for parking in the gym. But that's not, they, at first they gave it to you for free. There were these labeled signs that said 90 minute parking for the gym so you can get in shape, be well, so on. Cause it's not, Stanford is not a walkable, like this gym is not walkable from where most people live. So guess what? They suddenly overnight take it away and they're like, screw you guys. I, I know you guys are frontline healthcare heroes and um, probably being in good shape will prevent you from severe, getting for severe COVID. But you know what? Now you got to pay $5 for I know half an hour parking. of parking. This sticks in your craw because you told me this a couple times before. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, know. I know, That's how but you I, know. I agree. That's how I know it's sticking in. The, but I do think it's unjust. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's, but I man, do agree with you. This is a personal you vendetta. This is a personal is a vendetta. vendetta. Well, like, they, they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have charged you. If I could have made, look, people say I look like, you know, an unleaded version of Vin Diesel. Or someone else actually said I looked like uh, the Rock with full blown AIDS, which I. <laughs> Oh my god! I know. And first of all, who uses the term "full blown AIDS" anymore? But I, it yeah. was a good—it was a good description. But the point is, I could make a movie where I extract vengeance on people who took my parking away. Like I think it's a valid movie trope, you know, kind of like Taken. Like you know, I have a set of skills that make it a nightmare for bureaucrats. And John like you. Wick. It's like, what did he do? And you're like, he he messed. He took away my free parking. Took away like, my free right. parking. Oh crap! Three movies in that and blockbusters. Yeah. Each one. Yep. Blockbusters. <laughs> Well, okay. I guess that comes to the end of it. I think that my last point was a point you always make, which is that we act like we make the rules, but Mother Nature makes the rules. We just have yes. to be rational to response. Yeah. It's a healthy humility in the face of something that is truly, look, 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 look okay, let's go with the, real quick with the arrogance. You only have like eight minutes left or something, right? We, we go, we'll go uh, with- ten. Let's do 10 more. 10 more. Because okay. I want to, I, yeah. Yeah, you got you got some things to say. So, real quick, the arrogance of humans is is viable in this. We we developed a vaccine that prevents severe disease against a brand new pathogen in record time and it's safe and effective in most populations, right? Wow. Yes. That's amazing. We have new therapeutics, oh, you know, whether it's Paxlovid or Molnupiravir or whatever. Wow. We learned to, to treat this in the ICU much better. Wow. This is amazing. Okay. Where's the humility? Well, we've not mitigated shit. The con- countries that went for COVID zero, like Australia, are now teeming with COVID. Um, we damaged our economy. We did unspeakable things to children. And we continue along a divisive and, uh, you know, almost primate-like path to ruin on that side in the face of something that mother nature throws at us. And it probably has thrown at us every hundred odd thousand years or so um, that turns into a common cold. And we've never seen it. We think we can outdo it. We've caused so much harm trying to do it. And now we are where we are. That is really well said. I feel like we should conclude with some funny tweets. Oh God, yes. Not 100% of everyone, but people whose work involves potential infection do test regularly for certain infectious diseases. For example, porn stars get regularly screened for (laughs) HIV. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good point because, you know, you wouldn't want a porn star with, quote, full-blown AIDS who looks like The Rock, apparently. <laughs> Believe me, I've applied and have been you, rejected. Oh, you, you wouldn't want an asymptomatic <laughs> Omicron either, apparently. Um, <laughs> my child is too young. This is not funny, actually. That's just really sad. So I'm just oh, going yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. got to find the good ones, the good ones. Um, 
Mm. Man, Twitter is this never-ending source of... As mm. a microbiologist, I'm just letting you know, you should always flush with the toilet seat closed. And then the follow-up, <laughs> more fecal aerosol toilet plume studies. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I have read. I have looked into this. This is true. But the question is, what does it actually do to us? So is inhaling a bunch of feces actually a bad thing? Or does it create some kind of you know, uh, chronic hygiene type immunity, anti-hygiene immunity, hygiene hypothesis stuff? I don't know the answer to that. That would be an interesting study. You know, that's always like the key, um, the key, the key question, which is that like, yes, it sounds icky, like, of course, um, but, you know, um, living in an absolutely sterile environment where you bathe yourself with Purell three times a day, you know, that's not always healthy for you. In fact, it can lead to allergies and allergies problems. Exactly yeah. right. Um, in fact, A2P and yeah. All kinds of things. And we wonder, I mean, hygiene hypothesis hasn't been fully fleshed out, but that is a theory of why we're getting more allergies, autoimmune disease, et cetera, because it used to be we lived, we wallowed in filth. And yeah, that would cost something, but it would also give you this interesting immune tolerance to a lot of stuff, which we now don't have. Our immune systems are hypervigilant. Here's one. And it's a fact. For my conscience, it has to be said, if you go to a New Year's Eve gathering, make sure it's to die for because you might actually die from <laughs> and, and it's guaranteed that someone will hashtag omicron oh omicron, omicron. and then now, somebody replies a dothraki wedding without at least three deaths is considered a dull affair <laughs> wow a game of thrones quote it, it, twitter wouldn't be complete without that uh that see this is um that's not funny because it's just depressing because that person believes what, really, they're, what they're that's tweeting. That's really dark. Here's yeah. another one about encouraging kids to eat outside in these winter months because of Omicron. Glove mitten hybrids can be useful or mittens on strings. Turns out you can even buy clip-on mitten strings for any glove these days. <laughs> Lastly, if you're sending your kids with lunch, then think about how to make it easy to open with mittens on. Can you pre-open packets? Exactly, Z. I mean, if you love your child, you want him to eat outside in mind-numbingly cold weather where they dare not even loosen their mittens to enjoy sweet, sweet goldfish. Am I wrong, Z? This is absolutely <laughs> right. My 14-year-old told me, uh, I go, why are you wearing three pairs of socks? And she said, because our school classroom, our teacher insists on keeping every single window open when it's oh, 40 God. degrees outside because, quote, ventilation. By the way, this is the same teacher who insists on having them list all their pronouns uh, the first day and then every day after that, whenever they talk, which again, hey, look, whatever. But uh, they are clearly in a certain tribe of thinking, which is Blue Church thesis tribe. And uh, she's like, I, my feet get so cold even through my shoes i've had to wear three pairs of of socks now we all know like you know the science on this cold causes colds vinai what we're doing is we're, <laughs> we're we're giving our kids colds am i wrong i mean at some point you know the premise is that they are going to expose to it better they are exposed to it with warm body temperature than frigid body temperature agree 
along these lines, someone says, you know, this is a continuation of we just wrap them in coats and send them outside to eat. Can you give a ballpark estimate of how many times you've eaten lunch outside in 30 degree weather? Someone asks. This doctor says, have you never heard of skiing? Being out in 30 degree weather is really not a big deal. To which someone replied, last time I went skiing, everyone was eating inside the lodge. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen anyone eat out there. They eat in the lodge. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? You know, this just reminds me of a, a Christmas story, that movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, and it's a classic. Yeah, but of course. He's, his tongue gets frozen to the, the pole. A, so that's one yeah. thing. The other thing is, like, she wraps up that one young kid in the beginning, and he looks like a starfish, and he can't even talk, and he's like, and he's like, I can't lower my arms. I can't put my arms down. That's what we're doing with, like, are you really going to glove up a kid and put them out? Into I mean, we're losing our minds, guys. Like, And then the last one. This is a PhD. Nations that trusted public health and deaths per one million capita. Number one. This is the number one nation in the world that trusted public health. And it is China. 3.5 per (laughs) million. China. China. Today, the New York Times is saying that zero COVID has led to martial law. I mean, it's an authoritarian regime. What are you talking about? And and believe me that the number of COVID cases are not reported publicly there. This is not a a trustworthy society for information. It's the most accurate numbers you'll get. The numbers from the People's Republic. Exactly right. But one thing I will Mm -hmm. say, what what those authoritarian Chinese got correct was they control social media so that they do not get the tribalization and the dissent that we get here. Um, I thought you were going to say what they got correct was they enjoyed all that NIH funding for their lab in Wuhan. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of mooncakes for Chinese New Year, man. That's That's a lot. lot. Yeah, NIH funding. Well, well, I don't know. That's a debated. I I don't know the answer there. It's above my pay grade. Have you you watched, by the way, Ron Paul... uh, going at it again with Fauci. They're like a, a married couple just bickering every time they talk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, I watch part of it, but it's like so cringeworthy. I yeah, don't want to so watch. Yeah, so cringy. I just um, hate it. Uh, like, what are my thoughts? I mean, like I said, I always say, like I do respect Fauci. I think he's had a good run. I think that, you know, he certainly, I mean, he, he needs to ask, I mean, I honestly think he should resign. I mean, I, I said, because like one, I don't think anyone should run an agency for 40 years. Yeah. Two, um, he's 80 years old plus. Um, and I also think that at some point he has to ask himself, is he helping or hurting? Like he's a cause mm. of polarization and right. like you only get one noble lie in you. I don't know if he lied, you know, I don't know what he actually believes. He certainly lied one of those two times on 60 minutes in a short period of time. So you only get one noble lie in you. Yeah. Um, yeah. but Rand Paul, I think is, you know, he like, whether we like it or not, he is right to like, push him on some of these things but it devolves it really gets to yeah. it gets really nasty yeah there's an obnoxious component to rand that that some people really like I, i'm not a big fan but um yeah. i do i do think his points are quite valid to push on and uh i Fauci, think like yeah. the, the most damning way to get someone is to like just trap him with their with logic you know in yeah. a very neutral way yeah exactly right yeah 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 um so what uh what else you got my brother did we do know. a thing? We we did a thing. We did a lot of topics, a lot of fun topics. Yeah, um, we kind of uh we kind of went I mean, through. I guess I would say like maybe just an overall observation, you know. We were banging on about some issues a long time ago in the fall of last year's schools, and we banged on about masks and the troubles with kids and things like that. And now I do feel like things have turned. More people think schools is important. I tried to write an op-ed on and actually we we published today in City Journal. 
um, on schools, the need to open them. Last year, there ain't nobody else writing. You know, when yeah. we published January 2020, this year, every place was like, oh, we got, we already got four coming. We got four coming. Sorry, VP, you're too slow. I was like, what the hell? They already did it. So, <laughs> so, but it does tell me that's good. Actually, yeah. you know, I was like, that's good. That means I didn't have to write it. That means they're writing, which means more and more people are on these cause. So, Z, what's going to happen is VPZD99 masks are going to take off. Yes, and cure the pandemic, or we're going to be on the sensible side, alt middle. You know what I think is we were on that sensible side early on and people are just finally catching up. Actually, the silent majority of Americans who know they're just rational thinkers, but they're and they don't go on Twitter and they aren't really so captured by tribal stuff. I think they they would agree. Now, we might have I mean, would the same sort of thing that we're saying, because I'll say this again, and I've said it on my show. I think we're in a position now where Omicron is going to hurt hospitals. But in general, there's no indication to wield a policy hammer about anything when it comes to testing, masking, vaccines. Let people make individual decisions at this point. It's on them to decide how safe or not safe they wanna be in the face of severe disease. And this thing is otherwise on its way to endemicity, I think, unless a new variant changes everything by making it more fatal or something like that, vaccine is full vaccine escape, et cetera. Which means, um, I think we're and in if a you want to eat, And if you wanna eat outside, in mittens with pre-opened packages. All you're go fine. for it. Go for but it. But I'll but I'll be inside toasty and warm. Without in my mask, eating my food, and without and showing the, my papers on my yeah. vaccine. Exactly. Several That's beers. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah, not good for metabolic beers. health. Uh, but I don't care because I eat McPizza and I like it. Uh, you but know, my feedback didn't matter. Yeah. We'll go back to prohibition because prohibition keeps the uh, hospitals empty. That is true, but you know, hospitals get paid to fill beds in most cases, unless you're Kaiser or something like that. So again, the Church of Antithesis says the revelation is coming. The conspiracy shall be, Fauci shall be unmasked. You'll pull off and you go, oh, it was old man Withers the whole time running the they pandemic. Also say, they also say you got a 99.999% chance you're going to do just fine. But oh, by the way, here's a big bag of pills you got to start taking today. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? It was odd. So go I can take all those pills. All right, take, yeah. a, take a all dose right. of ivermectin that has not been shown to be safe in human studies. So there yeah. you go. Well, all right. All right, we Good said the I word. Always a joy, what, guys. What, now, where where should people check out our stuff? That's the key. This is key. So you are okay. Tell them, tell them your contact stuff first. Okay, here, here's where you find me. You find me one on Substack. I run Vinay Prasad MDMPH on Substack. Substack, you'll get my rantings and ravings as I have them throughout the week. I'm also on YouTube, just my name, Vinay Prasad. And I host the podcast Plenary Session, which is an avant-garde podcast for oncology <laughs> recluses. Yeah. It's avant-garde now. And you can find ZDog MD in the lab, bottle full of crap, but mommy, you got the plates if you're into growing that. So you can find me at ZDogMD.com on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on your favorite platforms. And if you want to support uh, what I'm doing, join our supporter tribe, ZDogMD.com forward slash supporters. And I promise I will give Vinay a few of your pennies, just a few. I'll take him out to lunch at McDonald's where he will get a McPizza on me. I'll, I can order anything off the dollar menu like last time. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and if you see VPZD99 masks, I want you to know they're counterfeit, just like the ones, just like N95s for kids are. They're counterfeit. <laughs> they, don't, yeah, they don't work. Yeah, the, okay. the, the Chinese, by the way, we should have, I just realized we, we named our podcast the wrong thing. VPZD sounds like a venereal disease. We should have called it Brown Noise with Dr. Vinay Prasad and Dr. <laughs> Zivindamanya. <laughs> 
That's a good title, Brown Noise. Right. And and when we go in China, you're you're G Dog MD. G Dog MD. See you later, G Dog MD. Love you guys. Please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite platform. It helps us a lot, and we are out. Peace.